Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Live from Sherm Talent, a show dedicated to the story that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. We're pulling back the curtain and asking the hard questions. It's what we do. It's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Juan on from Aaron, and we're going to be learning about the business case or the use case for why his prospects and customers pick Aaron. So Juan, why don't you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Aaron. Okay, thank you. First off, I appreciate the invite. Uh, my name is Raul Aquino. I am the Director of Global Sales for Aaron. Uh, Aaron is a employee referral platform. We essentially take the current written policy, employment referral policy, and we automate every single component of that policy. But more importantly, we put it in the hands of the employees to engage that policy in real time and make active recommendations and referrals to their company. The way I like to call it is employees are engaged, empowered to contribute to every organization or every business unit or every line of business uh, to the objectives and goals that are set forth. It's that simple. I love it. What's working in, in employee referrals these days? Like it's a, it's a tough market and employee referrals are more or less a holy grail for HR and recruiting. Yeah. What's, what do you see working? I think for, you know, the industry standard already to your point is, Employee referrals typically last longer, you know, you know, longer tenured. And then the time to fill is a little bit shorter. Right. And then from an ROI perspective, it just costs a little bit less. When you tack on a active structure like ourselves and you automate those components, you start to see where now employees are actively engaged because in the past, or even now, there's always kind of this manual effort of an employee, hey, I want to refer somebody, but I don't know how. Right. Or I really have to fill out all those forms right. just for a referral. And then so when you, when you automate that and when you make it really engageful to the employee and make them feel that they're part of the solution, it, it, it increases by, gosh, 5X minimum. It reduces the time to fill, I'd venture to say, by 50 to 100% in some cases. Um, and, and it just holistically makes the, the employees feel kind of, you know, really empowered. And, and I keep using that word because I think it's important because everyone wants to help. I think everyone has an inherent natural right. instinct to help, you know, their team, their business unit their organization and it's kind of like this is just another component to actively do that i love that so take us into the active structure and the way that y'all think of that with uh, with aaron so <clears throat> i guess the way i would i would look at an employee referral policy it's a written policy and i like to the the the, the metaphor that i use is it's a it's a it's an architectural drawing it's a flat file the drawing you can see it it's just on paper 
And then when it's finally built, then there's a 3D effect that all of a sudden, hey, we see it, it's live, it's active. And then we put it in the employee's hand. So to your question, the way we see it, it from an employer side, it allows them to see, hey, we've got a policy, but we don't know how to measure it. We don't know how effective that policy is. Now we have a conduit or a catalyst, if you will, uh, for, for the employers, for the leadership to see, okay, we've got employees that are involved. And in the talent acquisition space, specifically for the business leaders there, they could see how effective that policy is and how it has a direct correlation to the performance of the talent acquisition frontline and recruiters frontline. I could see the analytics of uh, of this being very important because you know we're we're assuming that it that that the policy is working, mm-hmm. right, right, right. But but if it isn't working, we're going to be able to see that too, right? Absolutely. And you brought up a, a really interesting point because it's kind of that proverbial: you don't know what you don't know, right? And when when we ask the questions, well, what are you doing right now? And people go, oh yeah, we have a we have a good policy. And, and most of the companies that we do business with, our average company size is about 18, 20,000 uh, employees. Right. And they all have a very robust written policy. It's not, not in question at all. Right. Then it becomes, well, then how many people are actively engaged in that policy? Question right. mark. And they can't answer that. Yeah. It's like, and, but then it, but it's a really interesting thing because they can't answer that. But at the same time, they start to kind of ponder our headcount is our, our our headcount is still high, our our time to fill is still long, and and I know it's subjective to many parts of it, but then our quality of hire, you know, it's kind of hit and miss sometimes, and right. it depends on the industry, obviously. And you also get morale too. Oh, hundred percent. And there's bonuses if if you do for for folks that are the you know if you walk into a situation and they don't have a policy. Now that you're working mm-hmm. with larger companies, of mm-hmm. course, they have a handbook and probably have policies. Um, what would you draft as the kind of your architect as uh, the the policy that you think would work best? Like, like sometimes, sometimes you know, when you're talking to folks, they're they're like, "Hey, Juan, just tell us what's working." Like, right. we we need to right. redo the policy. Like, okay, don't just don't just take our policy at word because we're not sure it even works. Yeah. So, what would you do? Blank screen. So we get that a lot with company size around 500 yeah. to 1,000. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ad hoc. Right. Uh, and, and rightfully so because they're in such high growth mode that's kind of like, yeah, just whatever we can get, we can get. Right. Um, the first thing I would probably, or we do, is try to understand what has worked with them in the past, even if it's an ad hoc kind of shoot from the hip right. perspective. And then we say, okay, our best practices the things that we see the most is monetary rewards. But what we find is equally important is non-monetary rewards where employers are rewarding the employees' actions on the policy. Right. So, hey, you know, like, for instance, talking about Aaron, we have a points feature that if I log onto the app, I get a certain amount of points. If I make a referral, certainly I get points. But if I'm doing a social share, I do points. And it really addresses the 
kind of the the employees that say, you know, I, I really don't know a lot of people, but I want to help. Right. And we want to reward that. So we'll tell, going back to your questions, we'll say a combination of monetary awards and um, and reward system where you can combine the action, the engagement. Right. Uh, you know, every day or every week, whatever the case may be. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, an extra day off or, or uh, you know, acknowledgement. You know, some of that recognition is more important than the $200 bonus or whatever. 100%. I mean, we've got uh, people that, that come up to us and say, you know, that the, 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 the fact that we made a raffle, you know, and, and for a Peloton bike, it was like it got everybody excited. And it was just a matter of, hey, I'm going to refer a couple of folks and, you know, I, I'm really doing something. I love that. So from a workflow perspective, where is Aaron, you know, where do you tie in uh, process-wise and tech-wise? So in the front end, we, uh, we deliver a mobile-first app. So our primary focus, and, and we did this on purpose, where we took a mobile-first or app of approach, kind of like the, I guess, the Apple methodology where it was like user experience first. Right. And where is that going to lay? It's going to lay with the employee. So from the workflow perspective, it starts with the employee. And then we involve the candidates. We don't want to just alienate them. We want them part of the process. And then we drive the candidates to a specific point in time where the recruiters or the talent acquisition teams take over. We don't want to change the back-end workflow. Right. But we want to engage in such a way there's kind of like critical mass, if you will, to get quality people referred into the uh, the workflow of TA and recruiters. How do they know, especially going back to analytics, I guess, how do they know that it's that it's working or that it could work better? You know, it, it's easy to kind of look at the analytics yeah. and go, it's not working. Right, like, right. Got it, zero. Yeah, yeah. But how do they know? I'm thinking about the diminished return, right? So, like, where do they know? Okay, we can, we can tweak this a little bit. Right. We can tweak this and make this a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of components, and I'm actually <clears throat> in discussions um, with different business units that aren't related to TA. So I'll give you a perfect example. In the sales organization, you know, uh, what would be a CRO's main objective right revenue right and they throw a bunch of they talk to sales enablement they throw a bunch of tools at um at the sales organizations <clears throat> and then i remember sitting with a panel and i said well let me ask you a question what is the most important asset that you have bottom line what's the most important to a person devops engineering sales now we're focusing on sales every one of them say people I said, okay, let's focus on that for a moment. Going back to your question about how can they tell it's working or not working. I'll say, well, how on the average, what's your, you know, headcount like and how many open recs do you have and how many, what's your time to fill? How long does it take for you to fill a rec? And someone will say 60 days. Let's just use that as an example. I said, well, you understand that SAP made a formula that each salesperson costs X. Each open seat per day costs X. Let's say $7,000 per day, depending on the, I think it's a $1.5 or $2 million quota. Right. <clears throat> and, I, and I said, okay, well, what's your time to fill? 
60 days. So say 60 times, seven. I'll just keep it simple. Yeah. I said, so what if you reduce that by 40 days? And then they just kind of go, wait a minute, what do you mean? I said, well, based on employee referrals, you get quality hires, you get faster time to fill or reduce that, that lag. I said, that's where you're leaking part of your revenue is because you've got an empty seat for so long. They're not producing for you. And then the same equation happens with, let's say, DevOps or software engineering where they're constantly building. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, we can't release in time or we can't innovate fast enough or we're overtaxing employees or our teams. So what can, from a sales perspective, because it's the easy, easy numbers, hey, it's not it's working for us because we're actually filling faster. We're putting people in seats. Our revenue isn't leaking as bad. That's one way of looking at it from a TA perspective, the way they, I guess a a quick analysis would be how many open positions, how fast are we opening those positions? And then what is the tenure? And that's a little bit longer in the cycle, but what's the tenure? That's how we know if it's working or not. So we're trying to, we're trying to close that gap of time to fill with quality. Right. And, and then also looking at the metrics of how many of those came from inbound referrals right. uh, as opposed to outbound. Right. That's th- those, are the, those are very important metrics. So where does employee referrals not work? And I'm, I make, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about like just toxic work environments uh, or a company that's going through kind of a bad stretch, you know, just did a layoff yeah. or something like that. Like where do you... Where do you see, even if they have a great policy and they have the great, as you as you said, the you know monetary rewards, non-monetary rewards, they have great everything set up, but their employees just aren't going to do it. I think you hit it right there. If it's a toxic work environment, and look, in I live in Silicon Valley, so oh, yeah. we see that all the time. Yeah, and I won't name names, but it's big news. It's like, hey, the bro culture or whatever the case may be. You no, know, and you're, I I believe you're right no matter how good the policy is, if the culture is not right. right. And then, but it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. I had this conversation earlier. It's like, well, how do we, how do we promote a better culture? Aspirational culture. Right. right. How do we even promote a, a, a more diverse culture, more inclusive, uh, more equitable culture? Well, you tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think when, you know, I mean, I have my own opinion. It's like, it's top down. It's like, there's immutables. hundred percent. You know, and then, and then if you create that culture and then you leave it in the hands of the employees and say, hey, honestly, help us. Help us as a business create this. Yep. You will naturally get that. I can't remember what the paradox is, but you'll get that effect where yes. if the culture is right and you're providing an avenue where the employees can say, hey, I'm not just a number or a production value. Yeah. I'm actually helping, you know, create this culture. And it's far-reaching as well. It takes leaders to be uh, the, the, a bit of vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Kind of admitting that there's a problem. 100%. And, uh, and, and being you know, truthful in a sense of being authentic. Like, okay, we recognize we have a problem. We want referrals from you. Here's what a barrier is. We get it. Right. So right. help us. Yeah. Like, yeah. will you want to see more women in leadership roles? Right. right. Fantastic. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Like, that's what we need. Like, you know, again, if you, if you acknowledge it now, that person now says, okay, I can, I can, I can now refer someone and tell them the story. 
Right. So that, okay, this is, this is why I'm reaching out. This is what the company's going through. This is why it's so important. Right. Done. Right. You've, you've won them over as advocates. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're, you're long in the tooth in this industry, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Been around the block once. <laughs> once. So what's your favorite part of the, 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 of the demo when you show Aaron to people the first time? Oh man. Like earlier today, Just, it, it's the, oh my God. I didn't realize we could do this with our policy. Yep. It's the, I, I, we're getting that for the last two days. It, it really literally is, you mean we can bring our policy to life? I got that earlier, and I'm like, I'm going to use that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah, it's, gonna be, it's a new tagline, right. policy to life. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. When do, you, when do you know that they get it? When that, when that is it, is it that moment where they, they they think, oh my God, this has always just lived in an employee handbook that no one looks at, and now that we can look at analytics and action our employees and all this other stuff. Yeah, and I think when they finally realize that that they can, especially when I say, hey, your policy and is is literally in the hands of your employees, and they go, what do you mean? So other than the comment of, hey, we're bringing this to life, it's the, yeah. you mean to tell me that they have control and you're giving that control to them in a sense that they're empowered right. and they're engaged. That's when they go, oh my gosh. I you know, love that. didn't know that. Buying questions. So let's do both sides. Buying questions that you love and buying questions that drive you up the wall. Um, when can we sign? <laughs> no. Well, no, no, seriously. No, I get it, I get How it. fast can we stand this up is actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's yeah. a legit question. Right, right, Especially right. once they've seen a demo and they're like, uh, how fast? Yeah, that that's certainly a, a buying sign to me. And I think even before that is when they start, when they start connecting the dots to, to I'm a big believer in solutions need to align with operational objectives right. and business goals. Right. When they start to say, hey, wait a minute, here's our problem. Here's our objective. A lot of people recognize it. They just right. don't know how to get there. Right. These are our objectives, what we want to achieve. And then you insert this and they go, okay, how does your objectives tie into the greater business goal? And, and that's, that, that's to me is a precursor to, hey, how fast can we stand this up? I love that. The, the, to the, other, the yeah, other yeah. side of the coin is, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll get that, the proverbial, ah, I don't know, I don't get it. <laughs> or, or we don't have a problem with referrals. And, oh. I'll, and I'll say, okay, well, you, 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 you know, the referrals aren't our problem. Oh, okay. All right. So we have quality. You know, actually, I, we don't actually get that. We get uh, people that say, we have a ton of referrals. Ah, oh, okay. okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, wonderful. And then they, if, Proverbially, they go, um, but for like, you know, I had this example the other day. Yeah, we'll get like 40, 50 referrals to this one app because they give a, a large bonus. Right. And I said, I said, so what's the result? He goes, yeah, but one maybe is qualified. And so everybody's going to be angry. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so 49 out of 50 were not qualified. And I go, why do you think that is? And they're like, they pondered it a bit. And I said, well, what's your bonus? It's like, we were giving five, 10 grand, you know, for a referral. 
I said, so people were just throwing referrals at you with the hopes of winning this. It's a lot of ticket. Right. Yeah. And I said, why don't you make it, why don't you uh, promote uh, the right behavior? And that's where the, when we talked about the point system and, right. and making sure you're incenting properly. And they don't think of it that way. No. Yeah. So no. I'll get that. That's the other side of the coin when they go, yeah, we got a lot of referrals. No problem. <laughs> you know, and then when you drive, dive in deeper, they, they go, yeah, but we've got to fill out all these forms and everything like that. And yeah. they go, okay, well, hey, you know. You seem happy. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Last, last question is, is around success stories. And it's, uh, you know, people have used Aaron with no brand names, none of that yeah, type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just where you know that you've made a difference, where Aaron has made a difference, and you've just seen people like, wow, this is just awesome. You know, the <clears throat> if anything else, what the pandemic, and, and we didn't, it, we just fell into this by happenstance. Right. And, and, and I don't want to say by accident because of the 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 platform was made specifically for helping businesses right. um, in healthcare. Yeah. And you'll see in the next 30 days, we've got, you know, three or four healthcare systems that we're implementing and they'll launch. But the big aha moment is when we start talking and the, um, the, the, the leadership will go, wait a minute, we have a dependency on this component you know, uh, and I'll just say it, traveling nurses. Right. It's a great need, especially during the pandemic, and it's always going to be a need. But the problem that we're having is we're so dependent on it, it's costing us, I'll just throw a figure out there, you know, $750 million a year. Yep. And and when we did a ROI study, and it's just kind of an ad hoc, hey, what if we did this, and what if we affected the percentage by you know, uh, by this much. And it's, and they came back to us and said, Hey, we think you can affect our dependency or lower our dependency by, you know, 15 or 20%. Well, that's a, that's about $15 million. I'm assuming Aaron doesn't cost 15 million. No, it's 10 million. No, I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> it costs way less than that. Right. But, it, but then you look and you go, wait a minute, where can we, now it becomes a, CFO discussion where, where can we put that budget? We're always going to need this component of it for various reasons, but now we can rely more on FTEs that will help us, you know, with our patient load and everything else. And then we, you know, and certainly we will, you know, they pay at scale, but we're not going to pay two X for a traveling nurse. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Juan, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the use case podcast. Yeah, you're very welcome. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the use case podcast until next time. You've been listening to recruiting daily's use case podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.